A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Hello, bonjour, and wagwan. Welcome to The DNA Airwaves, the show where things happen and stuff occurs. Today's episode is brought to you by the MPL, Toronto's modular film and audio studios. If you're working in an audio or visual project, you may want to get in touch at the-mpl.com. That's the-maplewithoutthevowels.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by the DNA Project, your one-stop shop for live performances to fit any event. Learn more at thednaproject.ca. Our guest today is Tokyo Spears, a producer like no other, as well as a performing member for Walk Off the Earth. His work is unusual, his ideas are unusual, and like any conversation with Tokyo, this one went in a million different directions, all of which fascinating. So sit back and let the magic of Tokyo take you on a journey. This is the DNA Airwaves. Yeah, recording here as well. Um, okay. I want to point out that Tokyo and I uh, coordinated and picked the same microphones for today. That's just the kind of relationship we have. I hope that's okay with you guys. It's all right. It's adorable. Yeah, yeah. It's but are you using a DBX 160 touching the tops of peaks just in case on the way in? Later. Are you doing that right now? Are you building? Oh, look at that. Uh, yeah, but I'm turning for us. It's literally, it's literally like not touching it. It's like. If I screamed, it will touch it. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going <laughs> to say what up to you guys. I'm going to press mute for a little while and just listen because I feel like this is going to go places that I'm more interested in hearing <laughs> actually speaking. This on, is going so. to nowhere real fast. Real fast. Real quick. Right, well, yeah. let's, let's go to go. Tokyo. How you doing, man? Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Uh, you guys got to introduce me to your show here. This is the DNA Airwaves. Airwaves, waves, 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 a kind word from a kind person right there. There you go. Well, expectations. <laughs> okay, to be let's let's clear that air right now. Maddie Poops is not his his, his nickname. His okay. real name is Castle Pants. <laughs> Castle. Oh, <laughs> Castle. We're gonna leave that Castle alone. Pants. That's a nice yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Yes. Started as Castle Man, right? Castle Man. And then it turned into <laughs> yep. Castle Pants. Okay. Well, let's, uh, so Castle Pants, and then we actually gave you the nickname Jeans Pants recently. So I Did see you? No here. way. <laughs> That's amazing. A theme going on here. <laughs> so let's introduce ourselves to Tokyo, because he only knows me. I'm Matt Kesselman, or Castle Pants. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My name is Dariki Palmer, just Dariki or D, and D. That's it. Set. I'm Anthony. A uh, couple people call me Lulu. <laughs> Lulu? <laughs> Lulu. They do. Lulu Lemon is his new name now. Wait, hold on. Lulu, are you? Lulu Lemon. It's, it's actually said Lulu Lemon. <laughs> are you Lulu on Lemon. a bouncy ball right now? Uh, no. Yes. Oh, fancy. <laughs> Engaging your core at all times. Smart. See what I mean? Like, that's Dude, the I, kind of guy. Um, yeah, uh, like, as a preface to Anthony and Jariki, uh, Tokyo is such an unusual legend that when I went back, we went to school. To- <laughs> you make me laugh my coffee off. Uh, he, uh, I went, we went to uh, the same college, music industry arts at, at Fanshawe College, and right. I went back nice. there like five years after we graduated. Totally right. new set of students, um, and they were still writing about him in their lyrics. It was wow. ridiculous. Are you kidding me? What? Yeah. In their lyrics? Oh, we've t- I think we've talked about this. Yeah. But in lyrics? Like people writing songs? Yeah, people's projects had Tokyo Spears in the lyrics. <laughs> Uh-oh. Interesting. <laughs> I need to hear some of I have to songs. hear that yeah, song right now. <laughs> we got to research yeah. this to figure this out. Yeah, because that, that, uh, you're, uh, you're, you're the, the whole package. You're making insanely creative music, uh, oh, and man. you... You come from an, and I cross my legs while talking. You cross your legs while talking, and you bounce in a ball while I'm talking. Also, and uh, you you have an unusual upbringing and an unusual style and everything else. And we just want to talk about your life, if that's okay with you. Imagine, imagine if someone was like, "Dude, you have such an unusual upbringing." Then I was like, "Yeah, but you don't even know my downbringing yet." <laughs> oh. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh snap." So so, tell us about that. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm just saying. It's going to be unusual. I'm going to go down in flames, man. Wow. <laughs> I hope that never happens. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> that, I, I saw Matt just go quietly to the side. Just be like, no. I'm just like, what does not he gonna know answer that, one. that he hasn't told us yet? <laughs> what does he know? Whoa. Well, I don't know much about the upbringing, so I'd love yeah. to hear that. Uh, upbringing. Take us on a journey. Hey, Anthony, where's uh, your mic? Yeah. Oh, there it is. Sorry. It's, it's right off. here. Do you yeah. want me to hold it? No, no, no. You soft. Right. You sound a little just making softer. sure you didn't forget it. Oh, is it soft? Oh. Doesn't forget it. I it's mean, it is a, a beta 57A or an SM57? It's an SM57. Oh. 58, sorry. Whatever the case, it's going to have some proximity too close mm-hmm. anyways. Matt knows. Yeah, yeah. It can't be too close. That's actually Matt why I like up. these microphones for the cage inside? Uh, podcasting. Yeah. Hey, Dariki, maybe we boy. should get, a, get one of those as well. Yeah, they're like it's 500 bucks. That's okay. Unless no you talk to Sure. Oh. Hey. Well, sure, are you listening? Hey, sure. Yeah. We'll I sure would hey, like a exactly. microphone. Huh? See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> you know how many podcasts have made that same joke? Oh, damn it. <laughs> I've, I've actually is. heard it on like two different two different like podcasts. I was listening to like, Shit. oh yeah, you know, Sure Mike's the SM7. I'm like, yeah, we can just use this or that one. I'm like, I sure would like that mic. <laughs> oh. Low-hanging oh, fruit. Gosh. It's low-hanging fruit. What can I right. say? Yeah. <laughs> it's actually mid-hanging fruit with this stand. I don't like the stand at all. Where are you currently? It's like mid-hanging the whole time. Sorry, go for it. Where are you right now? Oh, right now. I'm in uh, my room. <laughs> What's uh, the city? <laughs> at home. I'm currently working from home for this week because my, uh, my team is uh, on holiday, which is awesome. So I get to work from home. But right now, my home is in Hamilton, Ontario. Ah, um, still city. I, still city. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, just near downtown. Nice. Uh, it's a nice, nice zone. on the mountain. That's why I asked. 
No way. Yeah. Gage, Upper Gage, oh, you sick, know that area? Man. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Upper Gage. I lived at Gage and uh, Gage and Fennel. That's where Cannon. Can no. Gage oh, Cannon. Gage. I'm Upper Gage. Sorry, but Gage and Cannon. I know yeah, what yeah. you're saying. Right okay, okay, okay. Dope. Small world. I used to live there. Now we live live in Sanford now. Okay, I got you. It's a nice area too. Yeah, buddy. So, hey guys, take take us back to like the Fanshawe days. I want to hear some stories. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So, um, I'll, I'll actually touch upon the upbringing thing quick, and then okay, cool. we can do that because it'll make more sense. Okay. Uh, chronologically fair. speaking, I so like I uh, I grew up uh, as a French homeschooled kid. Mm. So my first language is uh, French. Oui. Uh, and then I picked up. Well, I mean, I picked up English at the same time, and now I would say. Essentially, English is my main language, but je peux quand même parler français. It's still French. Mm. Um, but uh, okay. the homeschooling upbringing was was definitely what <laughs> what set my my life on a path. Right, right. I would agree. <laughs> I would definitely agree. <laughs> a life of complete blissful ignorance and in, in like just not picking up social cues. Right. So, uh, having gotten just accustomed to not really needing to pick up social cues and not needing necessarily to uh, to think too much about what other people think of me uh, because there was no judgment, right, uh, growing up, which is awesome. That kind of set an innocence boundary around everything I like. I do yeah. and believe in and things like that. So um, that's a unique start, which is really uh, probably going to be, it'll make more sense as we keep talking or whatever, but Cool. That definitely <laughs> set me up for a disastrous future. Disastrous uh, in, future. In some ways. Oh, okay. Disastrous future in some ways, <laughs> yeah. but excellent in others. Got you. So mm. uh, and, and the, the one that Matt's talking about was excellent. Okay. <laughs> uh, so when I, by the time I finished uh, two and a half years of mechanical engineering, um, I, um, I ended up quitting uh, at Algonquin College. I, I quit that proje- uh, program. Because uh, I felt like it was, you know, I just didn't really want to fix cars or do things like yeah. that. But I really loved the, like the, um, the engineering side. Right. So like mm. the the material sciences, the statics, the dynamics. Yeah. Just like looking at how things work and that, that kind of stuff. It's always something that I was interested in. And I grew up cool. having the ability to be free to open p- things up and break open radios and rebuild them and just like stuff like that. So like that side of me was always being promoted and being. Um, you know, nurtured right. by my awesome family, mm-hmm. um, which that may not have been the case for many people in the public system, where you're just like, "Hey, time to go to school." Yeah, you know. Yeah, true. Yep. Whereas this, it's like, "Hey, what do you want to do today?" I'm like, "I just want to, you know, turn this little Listerine pocket pack into a flashlight." Right. Like, okay, yeah. get a hot glue gun. You know. <laughs> so that really started me off in, in that kind of path, and then once I quit engineering, I had been playing in. In like my band or whatever as a kid. You're, you're a drummer. And let my, people know. I'm yeah, really I'm a drummer. Drum. I'm a drummer. I'm okay. I've, I've certainly been out of practice since, but uh, I my dad was like, "Yo, just go into music." Right. And I was like, "Really?" <laughs> like, mm-hmm. okay. One so of the I only dads ever to give that advice. <laughs> yeah, the, no actually, kidding. the only dad. Like, I've talked <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. talked to so many like alumni and stuff. They're like, "Wait, what? Your dad said that." Mm. <laughs> so like don't be an engineer you know right be a musician that's beautiful though uh it yeah. is so then uh yeah so i applied i got into fanshawe um and then that's where i met castle pants <laughs> nice <laughs> and uh 
it was very clear. I mean, I, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but you have a lot. It seems like you have a lot more insight into what makes you special now than you did back then. Because back then you're like, I'm Tokyo. <laughs> you just like ran around and did what you did. And we were all trying to figure out like, how do how does he create like that? Where does he get all these ideas? How does he always look outside the box at everything? And uh, it was like a mystery <laughs> that we were solving. And now you, you're giving us the same conclusion that we've always thought. So that's pretty cool to see. Um, what have you been creating lately? What have you been working on? And how do you do it? Well, currently I'm working on my digestive tract. So something I ate yesterday is making its way down. Uh, it's a big pro- side big project. So currently, that's that's exactly what I'm, that's my side project right right now. But luckily, that's being you know run by my uh, my subconscious, so I don't have to work, think about that too much. <laughs> but more at the forefront of my consciousness, what I'm working on right now is um, uh, a series of projects. There's one of them that I'm going to be working on today, which is a. Uh, the last single on a, a new full-length album for a band called Walk Off the Earth, mm-hmm. and uh, that's gonna be sick. that's gonna be really fun. So it's been that's been going on for the last several months, but this is the last song on, on you know to be finished. So, uh, so we're so. like <laughs> all the whole team is like, let's get this thing done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you um? You said you originally like your your first language is French. Do you ever create songs in French? Yes, uh, I haven't in a while. Right. Uh, the French community is actually pretty tight knit, right. in the sense that, like the the Franco Quebecois or like the Franco Ontarian circles are um, not not super open, if that makes sense. Okay, and this like they have their they have their guys, like they have their mixing engineers, they have their writers, right. they have you know their teams, and like that stays within the France and uh, and like. Quebec zones pretty tightly. Okay, it's not it's not a, in any way a, a de- like a you know a slur to, towards it. It's more that it's such a niche market in Canada that it stays within itself, right. and it's such a large market in Europe that they don't need anyone from not, like from here. Right, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But I just I was curious as uh, someone that their first language is French. If you've done any, a lot of creating in their native language, or if it's all been primarily English, all primarily English. I mean, when I say native language, I'm more out of practice in French than I am in English. Okay. So like I grew up with it being so, but they're now pretty much balanced. Okay. Like I got in you. my writing in French is it's not as strong as someone who's gonna start writing natively in French. Gotcha. So like when I when I help. Or when I assist in, in like a songwriting session with some French lyrics, yeah. I'll be like, "Oh, let's try this and let's try that." But it's there's no way that I'll, I'll be as eloquent or as like versed in the you know the the subtleties right. of the French language just just as someone else who you know would come immersed. from a different country right. who doesn't have you know English as their first language. Absolutely. They may not be the first pick for someone who's doing English. Language. What language do you think in? Mm, that was my next question. Or oh, oh, that's that actually changes. <clears throat> that it changes. Mm. So I have like a I have a week slash week and a half buffer zone. That's what I've like what what I've discovered. So like if I'm in a French speaking area for about a week or a week and a mm. half, my brain switches completely. Really? Oh. It's and then I start counting in French mm. and like it's it's super funny. But I, I it it does take a couple days. It, huh. First I'll be like, oh, I wonder what I should do today. And then I'll be like, 
je me demande qu'est-ce que je vais faire aujourd'hui. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've been here for a week. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, uh, you, were, you were talking hilarious. about writing sessions earlier. I was just curious, what what is the goal when you go into a writing session? Uh, I'm just curious as someone that's writing as well that uh, I always wondered when a bunch of people come in to a room together, is it with the sole purpose of working on one song or is it just seeing what happens in that session and taking it from there? Um, that is entirely dependent on the premise of the writing session. Fair enough. Uh, so uh, it's kind of, what's a good example? It's kind of like going to order an ice cream cake at, at Dairy Queen. Okay. Right? So like you'll get two different customers. I used to work at Dairy Queen. Right, right. A long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> In English or so, French? So uh, French. Yeah, oh. In Quebec. Yeah. Oh my gosh. French orders in Dairy Queen will blow your mind. Why? Like so? people order because it's because <laughs> all the branding is in English. Uh, so, oh. so they, they order <laughs> it's just the most fantastic thing to listen to. Someone just coming in. Hey, est-ce que je pourrais avoir un crème glacée trempée dans le Dairy Queen avec un petit peanut butter butter buster buster avec le peanuts on the butter buster? Okay, s'il vous plaît, merci. <laughs> and you're like, what? That is true. Do you Wow. Do you see one ice cream or something? <laughs> That's funny. It's just it killed it killed me every time. So we like behind you know behind the scenes on break we just like buffer butter butter buffer buster <laughs> parfait we play. It's just got That's just got amazing. mental. But anyway, speak. Uh, so if you yeah. go into it, you go into a Dairy Queen and, and order a, a you know a cake. There's like two customers, right? There's two kinds. Yes. There's the person who knows exactly the kind of cake they need. And there's the person who's like, I need a cake, I need your help. Right, okay, I see what you're saying. So if you, right, so like if you, if you're like, okay, well, there's this new, you know, uh, there's this new band, they just got a huge hit, they're like at top 10 right now, they're looking for their next single, this is their, this is their keywords, this is like the essence they're looking for. Right. They know exactly what kind of cake they want, right? Right, right. So they come in, they're like, these are the instructions, blah, 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 like, do you have a cake that you can kind of fit? And then the people in the writing session are like, which which almost always would have one or two of the artists right. members yeah. or the band members in it, right? Obviously, yeah. Uh, but sometimes not. Sometimes it's just a purely you know third party writing, uh, you know, writing group. Whatever the case, mm-hmm. uh, they'll be like, "These are the ideas we have," or you know, "Please run with them," and then they'll kind of run with that and be like, "Okay, well, you know, it's about a breakup, and I want to like talk gotcha. about yeah. how." She's not really into him, but she wants to commit more, and like, and that's kind of like they're just kind of working out the the finer details of what that story is about. Whereas if someone's like, "Hey, we like, we don't really know what we're," you can just like show up and like, "I let's figure out what kind of cake we can show up with." Yeah. So then, in that case, in those kind of writing sessions, usually what will happen is someone may have a couple song starts. So like, the producer, there's usually a producer there, right? Mm-hmm. Um. It's it's more common now. Like it's it's less common to show up at a writing session and just have all writers. Right. Right. Like it would be more. It would make more sense if at least one of the writers or something has like a guitar or something to be able to put some kind of polyphonic melodic information. Right. With some kind of chord structure. For sure. Uh, and if not, or you know, in 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 writing sessions for different genres, obviously that changes dramatically. Right. So in a hip hop or a trap writing session mm-hmm. or some reggaeton writing sessions, it'll be like a producer with some beats and stuff like that. Yeah. 
just to have a, of a vibe going so people can start getting into the groove and be like, oh, okay, yeah. I got some ideas. And they can start, you know, spitting something specific yeah. or like trying some different ideas out. It just makes way more sense nowadays because you can do that, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, those are the two different types of sessions in general. That's super general. <laughs> no, that's that's uh, that's good though. I have a question for you based on going back and forth from wearing your French hat, English hat, and how your brain kind of works. There, yeah. Is there any crossover or similarities when you're wearing your different music roles? For example, producer versus engineer versus songwriter, arranger. Does it kind of flip back and forth or do you kind of show up with one mindset, how do you work through that? That's a that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I I show up knowing that I have about you know eleven and a half or so hours in the day of of realistic work time, right? right? Yep. Um, far from the twenty five hours of work a day that Matt and I were doing when we were in school. That was insane. Uh, that was I, fun. I, yeah, I have to like I have to factor in driving now and rather than just sleeping on the floor. Breathing, yeah, eating. <laughs> all those things. Having a, yeah, yeah. a functional relationship that I'm not absolutely destroying. Using the bathroom. Using the bathroom rather than the diaper. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> eating food rather than just finding garbage bags of of Tim Hortons <laughs> left over. <laughs> uh, I um, we're not going to tell anybody about that, but now people know. Yeah, we may not have to. T- we don't have to cut that out. <laughs> uh, diving at eleven fifty nine p.m. when it's officially garbage. Oh, that was good. His name was uh, Jarius, the Tim's guy who would give us <laughs> garbage bags full of name? donuts. Oh, come that on! Was a thing, Yo, that was the thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. in transparent bags. Yeah, so not actual it. black garbage bags. That's sometimes. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> you can discuss them. It oh, was really? good. It was still fresh. It was, it was, it was, it was just a garbage anyway. bag. There was no garbage in it. There was just a bunch of uh, day old donuts. There's photos of us on the floor in the original MPL, uh, just people surrounding in the dark, just like uh, kind of like how ants go around. Like if you drop a lollipop and it's surrounded, it was just MIA students on the ground eating donuts from a garbage bag. Crawling out of holes, just out of sleeping bags and holes, just like slowly propagating towards this pile of okay food. Student life, eh? You know, yeah. Yeah. I have a question for you. Sorry, if we're talking over each other, I I don't mean to. That's just you know what it's like. Oh, honestly, that's what makes a good show. (laughs) That's what makes a good show. I, if you don't mind me saying, this is the calmest I've ever seen you. Is this the pandemic? Is this, did you have time to ponder? Are you just uh, uh, <laughs> relaxing from a crazy day of partying? Is your philosophy different? Um, I find his energy well, to be really high right now, though. It's weird. It is. That's that. what I'm saying. And <laughs> right. this is the calmest I've ever seen him. Wow. So the, oh, wow. I've, I've, I've noticed that. He like, started bouncing on his, on his bouncing ball, just so you guys <laughs> yeah. know, as I asked the question. I mean, like. <laughs> I uh, I've noticed that like when I'm editing and stuff when I'm working I have to keep my body moving mm. Uh, mm. otherwise my brain starts shutting down I've I've noticed that I'm pretty kinesthetic that way mm. so that's when I've started doing this and I don't mean to praise it by any means and I'm not suggesting it to anyone else but mm-hmm. I found this yoga ball for like six dollars or something at the dollar store wow and I was like ah oh, okay I'm gonna try that what out the six dollar store. This, yeah, exactly. The, yeah, the, yeah. the inflation store, I'd like to call it. Um, so the, yeah, it's honestly like the cheapest, you know, ball you could find. But it, 
has completely changed the way I work. Mm. And that sounds really dramatic, but uh, but in this case, it's true. It's just that I can keep moving constantly. Like I used to sit on chairs or benches or like, or I used to sit, and then after a while, I ended up just staying on my knees mm. to be at the same level as my desk. Really? And I would just like mm. shift around like this. Yeah. Yeah, so I would just like, and then my knees got really bruised, and I was like, I gotta figure out a better solution. I just didn't want to sit on a chair, and my my posture wasn't fantastic. Uh, so that was also like, I want to make sure my posture stays good. And uh, so I started looking into it, and uh, and yeah, and you know, insert natural supplements here. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm just gonna sit up yeah. straight now. I was slouching. But in in general, like these. The like the fancy desk chairs and mixing chairs and stuff are all like upwards of like five to you know twelve hundred dollars yeah. or whatever, and I was like, what about the six dollar ball? I'm into this guy, and then this Ooh, there's something there. <laughs> and and the advantage being that it weighs nothing, it can deflate and pack into anywhere. Mm-hmm, if it true. pops, you can buy another one. Right. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't make any sound when you move on it for recording. That's actually a pretty big deal. Oh, that's a big deal. Doesn't yeah. squeak. Doesn't you know? That doesn't answer my question, but nonetheless. Out. It's good to know. Oh, about sorry. Let me answer your question. <laughs> so, <laughs> I am. I definitely am trying to relax more days nowadays. I'm trying to like con- control my energy. Mm-hmm. I I've been in a few music videos recently where, mm-hmm. like, actually, this happens almost every music video, where they're like, "Okay, everyone, like, let's pull up the energy about fifty percent. Like, let's just punch in the next one. Tokyo, you can pull down about thirty <laughs> percent like every single time. Like, all right, this next one's gonna be huge, huge energy. Tokyo, you're fine. <laughs> okay, every so you still got time. it. You're just when you're at home, you go into the Zen space. Uh, sometimes, sometimes not even. I actually, this is other thing I do as well. Is like, uh, and this is actually a, a lot of fun, and it's been keeping me, um. In uh in in suspiciously good shape is suspiciously. I suspiciously <laughs> good shape. I'm gonna fall over any minute now, just straight up dead. Um, <laughs> I don't trust it at all. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I I I picked this up on the tour actually. Uh, we were on tour or something, and whenever something's like whenever something's rendering out or bouncing down or something, like basically your computer's offline. You can't do anything else with it. Yep. I mean, you could check mm-hmm. emails or something. But like you can't, you can't work in Pro Tools. You can't mix or edit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's we do this thing called render pushups. So like we'll just you know let the computer run and then we'll just keep doing pushups until it finishes rendering. Oh, right? or like sit-ups. Great idea. And it's it's just brutal. It's the worst. But as much as we've been trying to commit to it, it's really really you know working. Yeah. So like me and a bunch of uh, other one like guys are, are have been doing this and like we're actually like noticing that we're getting in better shape. Our our backs are straighter. Nice. Our, like our arms are strong. Like our general like you know our general posture is better and we and our wakefulness is is higher. I mean like you know we're not eighteen anymore. Yeah, no kidding. So we got to sneak in some kind of you know funky ways to kind of do that. Speaking of sneaking, Dorika keeps sneaking me looks because we used to have a push up agreement as well. We did. Do you remember, mm-hmm. sir? I do. And I don't know I do why remember. we stopped, but what do you say we get back to it? We basically had a timer on. I'm Are down. you shaking your head? No, like, I said no? I'm down. Like, no. Okay. I'm down. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> like nah, no, 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 no. I'm into it. Let's do uh, it. It'd be like yeah. every Quietly 30 minutes out. or every hour we had a timer, we would do 20 or 30 push ups. And by the end of the day, it'd be like 100, 150. 
And, oh my gosh, you know, we man, were noticing. And here's the thing uh, with, uh, I think, a lot of people, like you, you, including us, you notice a change and you're like, awesome, I'm done here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My work's yeah. complete. <laughs> yes. No, it's and, and hilarious. That, but that's what I mean. Like, you don't notice what a change it makes because it's so consistent right. and so, like, mm-hmm. so subtle. But after like a year, you know, and you look at an older picture of yourself, and you're just like crumpled over in a ball, and you're like editing. You're like, oh my gosh, yeah. like, <laughs> I can't believe that. I can't believe what you know, what just doing that subtle thing can can add up to after such a long time. It's the whole like dieting fad thing. It's like if someone does a, you know, a yoga ball thing or like a diet of some type, and they're like, oh man, I lost like you know 15 pounds, yep. and then it lasts for like you know what four months, if that, yeah. Yeah, forget that. So, like, people who, that's, so the timer thing, or things like where you can commit to doing it for, like, an extended period of time, most likely it's going to involve doing something way less drastic, but way more consistently. Right, it's all about that. You know, like, 30 30 push-ups is not drastic. Nope. But 30 push-ups, you know, every workday for a year is severely drastic. Mm -hmm. And the same thing goes right. for, for music and practice. If people are thinking, I want to pick up a new instrument, but I don't have the time. And, you know, mm-hmm. they do a one hour, two hours of practice a couple of weeks in a row, and then they just give up instead of just do 10, 15 minutes a day. If you do yeah. it every day in a year, you're going to have a ton of experience. You'll be able to actually play. That's a great point. It's like Tokyo I mean, is in the ocean. He's just slowly bobbing on camera like a buoy, <laughs> like an orange buoy. <laughs> Speaking of orange buoys. I think buoys, they're swimming on the, they're swimming on the radar. Uh, <laughs> um, so Walk Off the Earth is, for us that know you, seemed like a perfect project for you because you have so many different skills and so much energy and that band needed someone like that because that's all they do and you you just seemed like a match made in heaven can you tell us a bit more about that working process and what it's like making songs with walk off the earth or performing with them or you know traveling all that fun stuff yeah absolutely it'd be my pleasure um first off you're absolutely correct it is the perfect job for uh for what i do and for Mm -hmm. for who i am so it is i i've explained this to people before and it's kind of hard to describe because it's unique to the kind of job description that someone in my position does Mm -hmm. but the job that i'm doing doesn't really exist like it's not like you can apply for it right right in the sense that only one of them exists so like if someone it's like kind of you know if someone said hey you know d i would like you to work for my you know my pony store we sell <laughs> pony hooves it's this, hooves this only, super though. specific job yeah, yeah. hooves only left foot <laughs> right. sp- like back left hoof the store can't be it's doing well. the most it's the st- and the store is killing oh, it because wow. it's okay. the only one selling the back left pony hoof, uh, okay. right? So, so they're like, Dariki, I know you grew up on a farm, yeah. and your favorite thing to do as a child was to collect pony hoofs, left ones. And for some one. reason, you were, yeah, <laughs> and for some reason, you just grew up with the perfect 
like set of prerequisites for this job. No one else could do this job, and no other job like this exists. Yeah. Do you want the job? <laughs> and you're like, yes. Of and it's Where absolutely. Do I sign up. It's absolutely true because, like, the things you do, we've all received the same training, and we've uh, other classmates and people in the industry. We've, we've talked. We talk shit about you all the time. Yeah, uh, I'm not unique. No, we, not unique no, no, no. no. That that, that's the thing is that you are. We 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 look at what you do, and like Paul and I had this conversation, and we're just like, I couldn't do that. No. What is he doing out there? That's yes, wild. you could. Yes, you could. No, you ooze wild ideas. That's what you're about, right? Using instruments in a strange way or, or, or layering two instruments that nobody would think to layer together. And that's kind of the value you bring to, to everything. Sorry, more well, as you're bobbing away. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that compliment and I'll, I'll say thanks for it. Um, the last... The last few projects were so. What Matt's kind of bringing up, and what I'm, uh, what I'm accepting as a, a nice compliment, is is actually a really nice segue into how I do what I do, mm-hmm. which is like the the layering and things like that. Most people don't really realize how much goes into music production, right? As a base, like at a base level. They they fully get it, but at a, at a at a molecular level, it's drastically different than most people realize. Mm-hmm. So, like Mac, actually, I'd love for you to walk us through what music production is to you. Well, loaded question. Uh, it, yeah, it, hit me. Well, hit me with that sauce. Well, just quickly, because I think a lot of people listening have the hip hop idea of what a producer is, Careful. which yes. arguably is in. Uh, instrumentalist and songwriter assistant slash recording engineer is kind of what a producer does in hip-hop. In uh, other genres, especially genres that involve uh, live instruments, it's basically, if you have an idea... It, Tokyo is bouncing hardcore right now. If you have an idea, <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. Um, and and an artist explains you their idea, like I want drums and I want a choir and I want weird time signatures, whatever they want. the 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 producer's job is yeah, is to put that all together, uh, to organize it, to schedule it, all the logistics, and then of course all the creative ideas. So that would be, um, at least to me, the conventional uh, way of producing. Now, what's yours like? So, and uh, that is exactly right. You absolutely nailed it. That's a producer that has an, a wide net of responsibilities. So that's what that would be like, because you're, for example, you're saying organizing the, the orchestra, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, calling Steve the bassoonist right. and being like, yo, Steve, Steve, can you bring your, your dope bassoon over on Friday <laughs> at 6 p.m.? And you're like, you know, bring it bassoon as you can. <laughs> You know, wow! Uh, <laughs> as soon as you said bassoon, I just I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't even know that. I, you know Michael Scott from The Office? Yes, of course. Legend. Who's that? How he's like sometimes <laughs> sometimes I just start a sentence and I don't know where it's going. That's <laughs> 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 that's basically my entire life. I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. But I'm a little stitious. <laughs> <laughs> a little stitious. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Sorry, please go on. <laughs> uh, Musical but, production. So, yeah, that that is a that is an excellent description of production as a grand concept. Mm-hmm. For a music producer, I'm not. I'm going to be a little bit more 
specific and say for a music producer in the pop or uh, you know pop hot AC genres uh, because it is really really different in the hip hop and urban uh, styles and genres right. that does change quite a bit uh, so for for the genre w- within which I like uh, work the producer can be someone doing the recording um, the arrangement the you know sound choice the sound design uh a lot of the editing as well a lot of the editing um the mixing often and sometimes the mastering but that's usually frowned upon so it Why all the way up to upon, mastering sorry? um frowned upon i'm being kind of generous here on this one <laughs> it's one of those things that like Actually, back. You know what, Matt? You answer this one. I'm gonna let you answer this <laughs> well, one. I'm throwing you under the bus. I mean, I've talked about how mastering has the wrong name, and that's confusing to people because it sounds like the grand master, and the only thing that matters. Master, master. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but really, it's just this mix putting. Sounds bad. Just send it through the master. <laughs> just. Uh, it's. Uh, I'll get you. It's the, catch it. That last oh, process before time. the music comes out. <laughs> oh, I couldn't do it. And. In addition to, there are certain processes that the mastering goes through, making it a bit louder, you know, making it a competitive volume and sort of competitive brightness and things like that. Um, It's also the quality assurance stage. So it's kind of hard, you know, like if if there's, it's it's possible to QA yourself, but it's usually a good idea to have somebody else and with good ears in a different treated room in a different system to hear what you're doing and have a, right. a fresh set of ears to tell you, oh, you know, there might be a note in your room. Let's go back and fix this. So if you're, that makes if you're, sense. if you're, uh, just like writers could often benefit from uh, editors or uh, somebody else to look mm. at their drafts, right? If yeah. you're right, trying right. to look over your draft, you may miss the same mistakes again. Good point. Over. Great point. Yeah, that's great. And that's like, good sense. Yeah. So Matt absolutely nailed it. So the the mastering engineer is. Is QA. It's quality assurance. Right. It's someone saying, you know what? In this next script for this new show, you need you need more than one writer to, or at least you usually have more than one writer to bounce ideas off of each other. Yeah. And then you have a table read, and then that table read they go through the dialogue together with all the the you know, voice actors, yep. and they realize, wow, that line didn't land. The timing is a bit weird between those two things. Let's add a beat. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, oh, this this. This isn't really showing character development the way we want it to. Let's change this sentence to have more character development. Right. So, like that kind of stuff, we don't get that. We don't get table reads right. in music. Yeah, good point. Right. We we just have feedback on the mix, but there's really no one from the outside going like, you know, hey, can I listen to your baby? Right. And you know, and and give you, yeah. you know, real critical advice about it rather than being so close to it. Mm-hmm. So that's the master. That's why it's frowned upon, quote unquote. Got you. Because it's kind of you know, it's it's too close to you. And once you send it out, you've listened to that same part over and over yeah. again so many times in the mix that there's there might be glaring issues in your mix that you just are simply completely oblivious to. And I'll, I want to so, add to that sure. that uh, mix engineers. Uh, such as Tokyo, are trained to be able to hear things over and over and over without losing perspective yep. at the same rate that a casual 
would, right? But even yeah. so, if you've listened to something a thousand times, <laughs> casual, you're you're still at some point your brain has uh, adapted and has accepted certain things, or you're just in a room where you cannot hear the problems. Mm. Yeah, I mean. Check with headphones, check your room, check again with headphones, check your reference, check Spotify, check back your room, go make a coffee, listen to it through the wall, mm. like, check it again, listen to it in your car. And when it comes to pop music, uh, Tokyo, we, we had a conversation about this yesterday, it's so competitive and all of these oh, little yeah. things make so much of a difference because you're trying to grab people's attention in the in, in the in the pop world and in the playlist world now. We were yesterday talking about mastering and loudness penalties and basically we we were talking about minutia of a couple of decibels here and there and how much that really matters in the pop world when you're competing against other mixes can we talk a bit about the it doesn't have to be about mastering specifically but about the competition uh sure i don't want to again i'll preface this by saying cut me off because this is a that's a, a deep con mm -hmm. like, you know that's a deep debate and it's also kind of boring for most people uh, but you can make it interesting, you know, Tokyo. I believe in you. Well, just like, all right, guys. Next up, international tax law. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. <laughs> so you have this fruit, you see, and it comes from Mexico. Uh, you know, <laughs> how much will it cost in Joe Trader Joe's in California? Eighteen dollars. Eighteen seventy-five. Exactly. You nailed it. So, uh, competitive masters start with competitive mixes. Mm -hmm. okay. Well-mixed music will always be apparently louder than really loud mastered music that's not properly mixed. And this matters because for those of you who don't know... people's brains. Yeah, uh, there's a few different psychoacoustic concepts like ratcheting and stuff. Basically, loud, louder sounds better to the average human being. To right. all human beings, pretty much. All human beings. Okay. We, it, this, is, this is wild. We are trained. Our brains were hardwired to listen and to give attention to louder sounds, mm -hmm. right? It's an instinct. Yep. Mm -hmm. So if you hear a loud car coming back from behind you, that, sh that shrill squeak of the brakes warns your, you know, your flight or flight, fight or flight you know, instinct to turn around yeah. and to pay attention to it, mm -hmm. to override the other things that are taking your, your, you know, your attention mm -hmm. yeah. and to put that at the forefront and say, this is important. Which is why so cops shout the, when they barge into a, a place. This has happened to you often? No. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you, just calmly, you just brought that right up, you know? You know, that's, that's, go. you know, that's why. <laughs> He just, you know, oh, he's like he recollecting. Oh, that's why they shout every time they break down my door. Wow. I forget. Like, why that? I, <laughs> I forgive them. I set myself up. It's only biology. You go, go in peace, Officer John. Damn. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Derek. It's okay. No, I set myself up. I set myself up. Having a sip I of water now. All of this. Some, somewhere, somewhere on there, he's like it, I knew I was, I was in control. <laughs> this, this B cop on patrol just listening to DNA podcast, like, dang it, that was him. <laughs> I knew this would come back to haunt me. <laughs> three decibels too loud. Just three too loud. Oh my God. I'm the worst. Just signaled that fight or flight response. Um, wow. so, in re so in real life, we, <laughs> we don't think about it, but like, um, oh, actually, Matt, would you like to explain to us the Nyquist theorem? 
uh, the, uh, we're talking about the night or the equal loudness? Sorry, equal loudness, Kurt, right. my mistake. Um, oh, wow, so, he knew what he was trying to say. So humans, yeah. we, well, this is actually people taking LSD and just people interested in, in the other world uh, mm. and, and perception. Are, I meant Flesher Munson, Flesher Munson, not... Right, 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 which equal, is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we, uh, for those of you who don't know, what you're seeing is not real life and what you're hearing is not real life. We <laughs> are... We, we are. We are a podcast uh, for that. We're a, a little... <laughs> hold, 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 my, hold my order of fries. Yeah. Continue. We're a thinking machine. We're a thinking machine that we're not going to talk about how we got here, but in a skull in complete darkness, that's mm-hmm. thinking. And then right. uh, we've evolved this array of sensors, which is really useful to us, right? We have right. Uh, photosensitivity. We've basically evolved all the senses that matter to us. And some animals evolved other senses that matter to them, like uh, pigeons can follow magnetism, right? We never needed right. that. We didn't evolve it. But the point right. is, what we're seeing... Well, I mean, not everyone has that. Mm. Speak for yourself, my friend. <laughs> That's how you find Quebec? <laughs> Just, uh, you know, Tokyo Magneto Spears. They call me that for a reason. Wow. Right. <laughs> That's and what we always called you, of course. Yeah. Um, Just hovers the cup back to his hand. Shh, go on. <laughs> right. So uh, your your body ignores something like 14 million signals every second because real life is almost infinitely complex. And we, if we just saw everything there is to see, we would go nuts. If we heard everything there is to hear, if we felt everything there is to feel, every time any air touches your skin, you would just lose your mind. We don't have enough of a brain for that. Um, And same goes, sorry, that's a long explanation, but same goes with sound where we've evolved to hear not what's actually happening, but what is relevant to us. Um, Mm. What's relevant to a proto-human? Being able to hear a saber-toothed tiger creeping up on you. Right. right, being able right, to right. hear a baby crying from far away, and both yeah. of those things have something. Or like if somebody, yeah, like a, a twig breaking. Right, somebody's. Right. Right. Are you laughing at Tokyo? Yeah, because he's making sound effects. No, and sound effects. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we've we've evolved. I couldn't do the twig. I don't have a bone that I, I can spare. For your twig. Yeah, just give me a sec, Pinky. I can sacrifice Pinky. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, there are sounds that are less relevant to us. For example, deep bass, right? When is deep bass important? Right. Maybe when wildebeests are coming, I guess, mm. right? But that <laughs> oh, doesn't yes. really happen that <laughs> the often. The classic Wednesday night, wildebeest hour. Yeah, outside of Disney movies, it doesn't happen all that often. And you can see them too, right? Um, yep. <laughs> so we've evolved to be very, very, very sensitive uh, to the sounds of human voice, babies crying, twigs breaking, which are all in a, a specific frequency range between around one kilohertz and five kilohertz. So what ended up happening in practice is that if you play all of the sounds that we can hear as humans from the deepest, lowest note that is perceivable to a human to the highest at the same volume, we will feel, we'll perceive that frequency range where people talk and where babies cry as louder even though they're all the same volume, which is why right. police sirens are also tuned to that frequency because we can hear it from uh, for frequency band because we can hear it from really, really far away. So the equal loudness basically, and, and the way that it works, it, it, it also changes the louder things get. When things get very loud, it evens out for us and we kind of hear bass and treble at roughly the same volume. So I think what wow. Tokyo is getting at here is that when you're listening to music, the volume you set it at actually in a sense, changes the perceived mix. 
So Damn. when you're mixing something and you're working on it, to, when you're combining all these sounds and you're working on them very loudly, there's a higher chance that you'll think everything blends together better. So louder tends mm-hmm. to sound better because of this loud Fletcher Munson curve. Interesting. Wow, we just went deep. And that is why I asked you to explain it. <laughs> that was great. So, that was, yeah. So like in the Fletcher Munson curve at like 1K, yep. there's this little mountain that just bumps up. Exactly what Matt's saying. And then at 10K, it, bump up, it bumps up again. And so what I've been noticing in mastering is that the inverse of the Flesher-Munson curve is a very common curve or for, f- for the frequency like spectrum of a song in a pop playlist. I'm going to say that again real slow. Mm-hmm. The, re- the response curve or the calculated frequency response... The result, basically. Of a... The result, yeah, yeah of, a, of a pop mix or pop rock mix um, very closely resembles the inverse of the Flesher-Munson curve at 80 to 85 decibels approximately. So you're saying there's a lot of high-end and there's a lot of low-end. There's a lot of high-end and low-end, but there's a boost between 1K to 10K to compensate for the curve cutting where that frequency exists. And there's often a cut at 1K where that area would tend to become harsh to our ears. Mm. So it's actually pretty interesting. It's basically saying, okay, the curve does this, right? If I do the inverse, I can get it louder before before any of those areas start to become annoying to our head. Ah, deception. Okay. Right? Deception. (laughs) And they do that by pulling out some 1K to make room? Pull a tiny bit out of 1K, maybe at a, like just have a dynamic EQ at 2.5K just to start catching those those real fast transients that are kind of annoying our ear. Round off after, you know, sharply add a boost at 10K that just ca- carries all that really nice air. Because the 10K, there's a there's a sharp drop off in our perception after 10K. So they, they boost the crap out of 10K, but there's a sharp increase of perception at like 1.5 or so. Uh, so that's where they dip a little tiny bit, or at least at a dynamic dip, which just means that it dips whenever something peaks out there. Just because we happen to, to perceive those notes louder as it is. Exactly. Huh. And mm-hmm. another really interesting thing that I recently learned is that the... Uh, let me just look up a diagram of the inner ear. <laughs> While Tokyo is looking this up, I just want to point out that all these, we may have lost some of you with some of the technical stuff here. I told what's, you you would. Yeah, I told you well, you what's would. really important, I think, for I'm people learning, to understand, though, I don't mind. And, and what's really boggling my mind every day is that all of this tech talk that we're doing is us trying to understand as much as possible the evolution of humanity and uh, in terms of how we perceive things. Everything that we do is in a sense relies on the biology and the science so when we're talking like that we're really we're using our tools and our knowledge of how humans because i said we don't actually hear reality but all humans tend to kind of perceive reality in a similar way when it comes to how sound works so we really have to hone in on the human perception like if we ever met aliens it would be very likely that we would not know how to make sounds that they would enjoy because they would have a different anatomy. So we really are mix producers, mix engineers, everything that Tokyo is for people exclusively. 
That's what Tokyo's dedicated his life right. is, is learning how the human brain works and perceives all these sounds. Yeah, that's uh, very interesting. So I looked it up. So the the ear to to hit exactly upon what Matt's just saying. We make music for humans. I mean, that sounds kind of redundant, yeah, yeah. but it's true. Yep. We make music for humans. We make music. We pan things in order left to right. match up with yeah, left and right because we have two ears. Right. The most common, uh, you know, music. Um, format it's stereo right yeah because that's the format in which we hear the rest of our world we're used to having things be separated by a certain minuscule amount of time delay that's called the hrtf or htrf head transfer function basically it's the distance from one ear to the next yes. right our brains can calculate the delay from the audio from a source striking one ear and then the other, yep. and say, that thing is over there. It positions, it locates that audio source. Even though sound is quite fast, it's slow enough for us to grab that information. Yes. Which is mm. outstanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an outstanding feat of human engineering right there. It's crazy. So the reason we like music is because, well, part of it and why we can manipulate it is because we had predators that we had to avoid, and we've developed all these auditory skills to avoid our predators, and now we co-opted that to make nice music. No. I mean, there's there's this Thanks space ancestors. behind our head that we can't use. We can't locate things behind us that well. Mm-hmm. But every the second it gets past like our, you know, ten degrees behind our head or whatever, all the way to the next ten degrees behind our head is pretty accurate. There's this like ghost area right. behind us where where we can't really tell where it's coming from, and like often if someone's shouting on the left side behind us, we'll think it's coming from the right side mm-hmm. or so on and so forth. But for the for the most part, we're we're quite good at it. Now, the concha was the piece of the ear that I was looking up. Because the concha is that little thing that people get um, pierced sometimes. Right. right. Yeah, I know. A little piece of flesh. Just before the hole? The inner ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like on the front, <laughs> front, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. on the front like side, yeah. Like a little yeah. diddly-do thing. <laughs> the, let's call it the diddly-do. Diddly-do. The diddly-do. <laughs> the diddly-do has a resonance. Mm. So the diddly-do has a resonance at 5K. And the ear canal and eardrum have a resonance at 2.5K. These numbers, by the way, to those wondering, are how many times per second the, the air molecules vibrate near your ear. Th- thank you, yeah. So when, when a sound, let's just say uh, pink noise. Let's just make it simple. Pink noise is all frequencies in the audible spectrum played back at perceived loudness. We just explained perceived loudness. So it's not all frequencies at the same volume. It's all frequencies at a volume that which we ex- at like the perceived loudness at which it'll strike us. Right. Is that right, Max? Matt? Yes, yeah, six dB per octave, right? Going per to octave. the bass. Yeah, exactly. so more bass. Than, but it's basically every sound you could possibly hear. Every, it's like showing you every color at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. A dizzying amount of color. Mm-hmm. So we're sending this dizzying amount of audio. Just it sounds very much like gentle waves, actually. Just when you hit your ear with that, we're actually hearing, and we've just trained our brains to hear this as pink noise. But in reality, we are hearing like a ten to fifteen dB boost at two point five k, and a five to ten dB boost at five point two k. 2500 hertz or 2500 cycles per second and 5000 or so f- cycles per second that's just because of the way that 
that those cycles, those waves are bouncing back and forth inside of our ear, right? So yeah, that the shape of your ear canal also, if you if you think if you put like your uh, if you've ever put your ear through a, like a cone to listen to what's on the outside, or you that's exactly right, right. you hear completely differently. So we have a cone in right. our ear, right? The ear canal is a cone. So try to imagine what sound is actually like without your ear cone. It's like your ear, ear, ear canal, <laughs> ear cone, right? We can't we can't yeah. imagine. I'll have that. I'll have two of those ice so ear cones, please, with the peanut butter <laughs> butter parfait. J'aimerais avoir un deux ear cone avec du Dairy Queen cream et du chocolate par dessus. Peanut butter. Thank you very much. Okay. That's crazy. Amazing. So wow. when we make, I would love to talk about this <laughs> for a second because this is fascinating, but. So many producers and beat makers, specifically beat makers, are so used to making music on headphones. Mm-hmm. We get so used to making beats and headphones. Mm-hmm. Bedroom producers are, you know, the number one. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's true. Look at me. I'm in, a, good, I'm in a bedroom. No, you're right. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> There's bedroom producers blog is called that for a reason. It's not, right? Yeah, it's not a derogatory uh, term or anything. It's, it's oh, I just never heard like, of it before, It's legit. All. Oh yeah, bedroom producers. It's like, for example, bedroom pop is one of the biggest playlists right now. Oh, bedroom pop. And it's it's got a sound. It's very indie. It's very lo-fi. Mm. Um, and it has Billie Eilish. Uh, if you want an idea, Billie Eilish is probably the top bedroom pop artist right now. Um, but there's tons of others. That's just the most. Popular. That that's obviously the one that tra- that you know that transferred over, mm. you know, to to pop and general pop. Right. Right. All that stuff, but but bedroom pop producers have are, are obviously headphone heavy, and where you're wearing headphones, there's a, a much shorter distance between the sound source and your ear, right? Right, because yep. the headphone is directly ear. against your head, mm-hmm. and that yeah. creates resonances. Those resonances are what essentially uh, result in the headphones. Uh, you know, frequency response. Right. So the headphones you're wearing are going to have a specific response that is probably quite different than if you had speakers in front of you in the room. Than real you know, so life, so in forth. a sense. Than yeah. real life, right. mm. especially seeing as there's no crosstalk. There's nothing going from the right speaker to your left ear and the left speaker to your right ear. There's no diffusion. Which, again, is how we determine location and distance in real life. Yeah. We're isolating our ears, essentially, right? You're putting only the left information in, only the left ear, and only the right information in, only the right ear. Uh, so it really messes up the way that we mix and really messes up the way that we understand music when we exclusively mix on headphones. And listen but on headphones exclusively that, also. And listen on headphones, sure, yeah. Um, but that makes that ear resonance thing, that that 2.5 or 6K all the way up to 5.5K or so, Yeah. Uh, it makes that one area really, really severe. So we make these crazy dips and these crazy cuts because, like, our concha is so close to that 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 speaker inside of our headphones. Mm. That we're like, ooh, I don't like that frequency. And you tuck it out and you listen on on speakers, and you're like, there's something Missing. weirdly notched about my mix. Right, right. It's you know, it's because you're listening with your speakers essentially against your head, mm-hmm. right? Ooh. And you're creating those resonances that are artificial. But and this is the huge but. Very huge large, butt. doesn't fit into your jeans, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the huge but, is that if your demographic is listening primarily on headphones, mm, it works. 
then who cares? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. Good point. Great right? point. If, is a big but. if your entire demographic is listening on Beats by Dre, mm. cut your low end out because Beats is going to add about 10 dB of boost to that low end. Right, right. <laughs> if, but then anybody listening anywhere else is going to have a very thin mix. That's kind of the struggle we always very have to deal with. Very thin mix. Yeah, that's absolutely. a big problem. Yeah. So, and then, you know, think about this struggle right here. I'm going to lay it right out. This is an iPhone. Yeah. This is just a, you know, some generation of iPhone, mm. whatever. I don't know what this is. The speaker on this thing, physically, a it's a it's in mono. Well, actually, this is the newer one, so it's in stereo. The top like headpiece headphone thing yeah. is technically the left side of the speaker. Mm-hmm. The newer generations of iPhone have stereo audio now. Yeah. Mm. But for the most part, it's basically mono. Like it's such a different speaker that it's basically we can just consider it still to be mono. Right. right. Uh, and that mono mix is a summed down summing just meaning that your left and your light channels are now being put together, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's yep. just a summed down version of the best case scenario of the decisions that you made to mix on headphones, to put it together, to make it sound the best on whatever platform that person is listening to. So you may remove bass if the headphones are really bass heavy on the most of your demographic, or you may add bass if there's no headphones at all and most people are listening on phones like this where there's no bass at all. So it's this crazy balance where someone's like, let's add a ton of bass because everyone I know is going to be listening to this on their phone. Wow. And then this other side of it where let's let's thin that bass out at like 60 hertz and above and just pull that kind of, just tuck that in a bit because everyone I know is going to listen in their car with their bass turned all the way up. And that thought process happens for you when you're making the song or you're... You're mixing this song? every single time. Every single time. Every single time. Wow. And same with you, Matt. If you're posting to Matt's, just Matt's over there in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, I'm gonna. I don't even interrupt you. Matt's in the corner. They're crying, nodding. <laughs> just like, just yeah, a single tear, just being like, "Yes." My. <laughs> how do you How do you work that out? Yeah. Like, how do you make it all make sense? You don't. You can't predict. You do your best. You do. You do. And and Matt actually brought up answers, and now this is the one. Just try. Just do your best. No, that is the answer. Just do your best. The old college try. Speaking of college, I got a great question. Anyone who's uh, still listening, which is all of you, rewind a couple times because it's fascinating. A lot of stuff. stuff, A a bunch of this stuff you probably have to hear a few times to fully digest it, and it's important, bedroom producer or not. But you're all wondering, so I'm going to ask it. You two went to school together. Mm hmm. Matt in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Who was mm-hmm. the better student, Tokyo? <laughs> you know what's oh, funny? We snap. the two of us were probably the top. Students. I asked Tokyo. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> of course, he comes with that. Tokyo, we not disagree I, now. I, I, mean, I hate to admit. I hate to admit that he's he's right. Okay, one okay. Uh, fair. We both won that award. Yeah. I got first year. You got second year with one of the best year. songs okay. I've ever heard to this day, "The Mountaineer." Oh my gosh! Thanks, man. That's that's. Oh, it was such a cool song. Honor. Oh. Hopefully we can hear speaking it. Is that of available? Sneaking, in, sneaking of sneaking sounds in. <laughs> it should be. if you Right, Tokyo? If people look up the Mountaineer, Tokyo Spears, they might. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's so out it's, there. It's on Spotify. It's on Bandcamp or whatever. Ooh, it was Maybe beautiful. We'll post it. But, yeah, we both, but the interesting thing is that we both had, uh, I mean, we've branched out and we have a lot of different skills now, but especially back then, we were both drummers, which were in high demand. Because in first year and in second year, yes. when you do projects and you want to record drums, you need other students or friends to come play those drums for you. Same right. with guitar and everything else, just that not a lot of people played drums mm-hmm. at the time. So we were always busy p- playing on people's projects. Um, we were both interesting, interested in production in, in very similar ways. So we kind of had parallel paths at the same time, being sort of used by everybody. Um, 
Okay. And Adam Cannon. And oh, Adam, uh, Adam Cannon. Freaking Cannon. That guy could slam the drums, man. Yeah, you had the most fitting oh name gosh. for a drummer ever in history. Yeah, ever. <laughs> the, the Cannon, Adam Cannon. That's awesome. Just he had he had nice. one velocity. <laughs> velocity for those who don't know is just the, the the strength with which you hit a specific note. Right. So yeah. in MIDI, in MIDI world, you have like 127 is the max, right? That's like full velocity. Right. So he played at 127 yeah. the entire song. Just no matter how quiet it was, you just have to turn nice. you know the whole drum track down and be like, just yeah, yeah. let's just pretend it's over here now. Yeah, wow. But but it sounded great every time. One of the ways that Tokyo has picked up. I'm sorry about always cutting you off. There's you guys know there's a delay at home. Always do. Um, if you would ever walk into the any studio really, but let's say the MPL, which is what our studio is named after, is this room where we all kind of shared and learned together. You would see Tokyo either working with a blanket over him, like he's some sort of, you know, uh, disaster victim, um, or he would be snuggled up under a table in one of those rooms. So you go in to like get started on your homework and you accidentally put your feet on Tokyo and you're like, what's Oh, and and he's just like I'm fine, and, and he's like eating Doritos and just recovering, and yeah, you crashed at everybody's places, and right at, at some point, the, you, the MIA program has a 24-hour studio mm, policy, so right. everyone's nice. booked in literally around the clock. Got you. So like, it's not like oh, okay, nine to five, the studio's open. It's 24 hours. So like, hey, your your slot is like. You know, 4 a.m. to 9 a.m. Right. That's your slot. Mm-hmm. So you get up at, you know, 2 a.m., make yourself a coffee, and you go to work. And that's that's your, that's the one you got this week. Right, right. Yeah. So, but not everyone would show up to their studio time because it's ridiculous. A lot of ridiculous. people didn't. Yeah. A lot of people did not. So I was like, mm. more for me? <laughs> yeah. So I would just <laughs> sleep in the studio. And if no one showed up, I would just use the studio. It's amazing. And this was, and not just me, this was me, this was Paul Mack, this was Matt Kesselman, this was uh, <laughs> Ryan. Ryan Lowe. We all just, <laughs> yeah. Ryan Lowe. We just slept on the floor. We just brought our sleeping bags and like, we got work done. Yeah. We discovered stuff. There's so much time spent learning from other people. Yeah. And there's so little time spent learning on your, by your yourself with the tools available to you. Right, so right. Well, that's very, like very how true. often do you go to like the only difference between people that learn on their own and learn from others is curiosity. Mm. Mm. That's the only difference. Something there, yeah. Like think about it. If if someone drops if someone actually asked this to me once in earnest. They were like Tokyo, if I lock you in a padded room, I was like, go on. <laughs> We've all considered it. <laughs> a buddy of mine, Matt, Matt, asked me once, not this Matt, different Matt, asked me, if I lock you in a padded room with a box, I just leave. You know, I think he said for years or something, like just years. And I come back and I open, that, I open up that room and you come out. You will have discovered you will have learned everything there is to know about that box. You may have unlocked the secrets of the universe. <laughs> and I, I thought about it and I was like, there's no way. But then I kept thinking about it and I think he's right about any of us. If I locked Anthony Lewis in a box, in a padded room for a year, Go on. with a cardboard box, <laughs> You're right. you know, an empty cardboard box, nothing else in it, it's just cardboard. How long before he unlocks the universe? That's the question. Mm. It all depends on curiosity. 
he might start knocking at the door and freaking out and just losing his mind. Or he might be like, what is, what is life? You know? Yeah, yeah. It, am, I just this, am I just this hollow shell? Just like this box is hollow and empty? What's behind my, you know, what's behind this box? What's inside of it? What's inside of me? Am I a hollow shell? Is there a spirit living inside of me? Is there some air that's inside of this box that is similar to my own soul? You know, if I yeah. burn, does this box burn? Does, do we all burn and die? Do we return to the earth from whence we came? Yeah. Like you could just keep on going with this cardboard box thing. So, and I was like, he's right. And that same, I think that same methodology should be applied for schooling. If you're given the, the millions and millions of dollars of tools that you can get access to when you go to these programs, not just music, but any program, like, you know, medical profession, professions, all that kind of stuff. Like you're not going to get a freaking, you know, the kind of medical equipment and stuff like that at a garage sale. You're not going to be able to get access to a defibrillator, you know, at Giant Tiger. Yeah. If you get those, if you get access to these things and there's an off hour where you're like, hey, you can go and play with the ultrasound now take that opportunity to just check out what your knee looks like under the ultrasound. Right. You're going to you're going to your own curiosity will teach you so much about your True. own body anatomy that will now become applicable next time you have a test and someone's like, "All right, let's look at, you know, the, you know, the femur and the, you know, all that kind of stuff and the muscle fascia of the front shin." What do you know? And you're like, "Well, I was looking at it last night and I can tell you this and this and this and this." And you, the way that you learn is so tied in to the way that you think, right? Mm. Like if you have to touch your leg to learn about it, you're kinesthetic essentially. If you have to see things, then you're a visual learner. If you have to talk about things, you're, you're, you're an oratory learner, dictation learner. Mm. For me, I had to touch and see and, and look and taste and, and all that kind of stuff because I have a terrible memory. Right. Matt could just sit there and read and be like, okay, let's hit that test. Yeah. I could not do it. Mm -hmm. I just, that's yeah. not how I learned. And so I just sat and slept in that studio and woke up and like, give me, you know, give me the SSL console. I need to touch it. I need to feel the heat of the, you know, the, the class A converters underneath it while I sleep. <laughs> and, like, and that's, hey, there's something there. Maybe we'll post some photos of, of you like blanketed up. <laughs> oh yeah, do it. Maybe we'll make As long that, as there's uh, some of Ryan and you promo. as well. Oh yeah, yeah. there was, uh, you know what, we, uh, this conversation did not at all go the way that I hoped, and that's what I like about our podcast is that even though <laughs> we uh, we we try to get people from uh, you know a particular give or take uh, spectrum of walk of life in in the arts, we end up talking about completely different things. Um, I there I have one memory of Tokyo, and I do have a photo of this that I took. You were. Um, sitting up in the computer lab in the MPL and there was a computer and an actual keyboard in front of you, like a music keyboard, and you had the blanket mm -hmm. on and you were falling asleep. Now, the keyboard was live and you had headphones on and you would fall asleep. Like, you know that, that bird thing that drinks water? That, that yeah. toy yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd yeah. fall asleep and then your nose would bump the keyboard and you go, Bleh! and you hear like a, the piano note and you'd wake up and yeah. sit up and be like, oh, okay. And then you just kind of fall asleep again. And it was like a machine. You just kept on falling asleep and waking yourself up with the keyboard. And I thought that just like <laughs> the, the dedication to just like, no, I'm not done. I'm still here. You know, I'm not, le I'll sleep in here if I have to, but I'm not going anywhere until I figure this out and I'm the best at it. And you, and 
it, the the more truth I say, the more you bounce. It seems on your yoga ball. You're agreeing with me. It's, it's, it's violent bounce. It's, like, yes! it's beautiful, and I think everybody should be like Tokyo in that sense. Is if you want to do something or learn something, just start doing it and don't stop until you get somewhere, and you will eventually. Be curious. Um, this has been yeah, one of our absolutely. longest talks. Can we? I, I would love to have you in again because we have so much to talk about. And like absolutely, I said, we didn't even get to sure. talk about any of the things we wanted yeah, for to. Sure. Um, but that's true. We d- we entirely skipped our conversation. That's all good. This one was even better. Uh, before like we it. let you go this time, because <laughs> you are a busy, busy man uh, working on that ball, but uh, you know, editing, about to release an album. Can you tell us about uh, tell us your socials, anywhere people can find you, uh, and maybe some upcoming projects people can look out for? Certainly, um, upcoming Walk Off the Earth record coming out. That's going to be a, a big one. To be uh, to finally release into the wild like a awesome. like a flock of doves. Yeah, awesome. um, <laughs> go go free. No longer mix you. Yeah. I don't want you to see your mix ever again. Um, Does that happen every time you mix though? Like you're just done with them by the time you're done with them. Like you don't want to. Oh hear man, them? absolutely, okay. absolutely. <laughs> and then you need like a, this like three to six week period where you're like, I wonder how that sounds. Right, right. And you go listen to it. You're like, ah, that's pretty freaking good. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah <sorry. laughs> Like, all right, I did a good one. And then that's three good, months later, you're like, I wonder how that sounds. You're like, I, huh, okay, I could be better than that. <laughs> that's right. Oh, no. Two to six weeks, you're like, it's amazing. A year later, you're like, eh, Damn. I could do this better. <laughs> but sometimes you get that rare one where no matter when you listen to it, you're like, oh, that's a heater. Like that's spicy. That's good. Spicy. That's perfect. About yeah, that's that's got some of that Szechuan secret sauce on it right there. That's a good mix. So hopefully, the more experience we get, the more we get to retain that feeling. That happens. It is annoying to always exactly. be disappointed in your own work. For sure, I can imagine a exactly. life of disappointment. A life of disappointment awaits you, all you young engineers. Uh, no, but. To, to touch upon it, Frengineer, uh, F-R-I-E-N-D, oh. friend, and then the word engineer together, Frengineer. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm usually uh, found as online, on Instagram and on all that kind of stuff. And then on, uh, yeah, on TikTok as well, all that kind of stuff. I'm, uh, that's where I could be found. You can message me for questions about the inner ear <laughs> or things like that if you wish. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not too, I'm not too harmful. Uh, I'm mostly harmless on those uh, things and I'm generally recently showered so that's good <laughs> even so, even yeah, when it comes okay. to sending someone an email you want to make sure the person's clean for sure absolutely it's important did you clean those fingernails before you type this keyboard <laughs> thank you so exactly. much for joining us man thank that you was for awesome your time. yeah really informative really interesting and absolutely, please let's man. come back at some point I, absolutely in studio oh, yeah. next time though in studio. In, yeah that would in be amazing studio. come hang out uh, talk shit about our mics <laughs> um, and uh, teach me some new things. I don't like that one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, good That'd luck awesome. with everything. Uh, we'll Definitely. we'll stay in touch. We'll be watching. And uh, we're big fans well, of Walk Off so. the Earth and uh, everything they've done before you met them and everything they've done after you've met them. There's a clear Tokyo spice on Walk Off the Earth now. You can taste it. You can smell it. It's on your face when you listen to the music. It's it, oh you're, man, you ooze. I don't like this at all. You ooze, <laughs> I don't like this at all. I love your this conversation spice. started so well. Oh, <laughs> we were all fine before the last conversation, uh, before the last sentence. Thanks right. a lot, man. Stay safe. Care. Change the rating on this. We'll talk to show. you soon. Absolutely, man. Have a good one, guys.
As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial.